Coming up, the details out of today's Roadmap press conference. What does it mean for Ararat? Legacy Week is recognised with a difference this year, a popular local performance cancelled. The market stance remains firm and working from home allows a family to relocate to Ararat. You're listening to Ararat's Latest with local journalist Jack Ward. Hello and welcome. Happy Father's Day. It's been a big day of news with the state government announcing Victoria's roadmap out of lockdown. What does it mean for you? I'll have those details in just a moment. Today's show is full of the local news that matters to you, which we'll get to shortly. But first, Premier Daniel Andrews held one of his biggest press conferences in weeks today, unveiling the roadmap out of lockdown 2.0. It outlined the future for metropolitan Melbourne and regional Victoria beyond September 13. It's complex, but this is what it means for us. Melbourne is currently in stage four restrictions. From midnight on the 13th of September, the government will take the first step towards COVID normal. Regional Victoria, which is currently in stage three restrictions, will be able to jump straight to the second step of reopening on September 13, but there won't be too many changes. It means from midnight on September 13 in regional Victoria, you can only leave home for those four reasons. School or work, if work cannot be done from home, care or caregiving, to purchase essentials or exercise. Public gatherings can occur with up to five people from a maximum of two households. They can meet outdoors for social interaction. Infants under 12 months of age are not included in that cap. Visitors to the home. You can have one nominated visitor if living alone or if you're a single parent. All children must be under 18 years of age. Childcare is open to all children. Outdoor exercise and recreation is allowed. Restaurants and cafes can continue with only takeaway and delivery. And retail is open with density rules and other industry-relevant restrictions. Hairdressing is also opened. They are the key points of the changes on September 13. So when will regional Victoria move to the third step? That is subject to public health advice. Daily average number of cases in the last 14 days in regional Victoria need to be less than five. And there needs to be zero cases of coronavirus in regional Victoria with an unknown source in the last 14 days. If that does occur, it will trigger a public health review. That is a breakdown of what we can expect here in regional Victoria on September 13. And a look at what needs to happen before we move to the third step. Regional Victoria's changes next Sunday will look very similar to what is in place now. There is close to no changes that will affect ARAP businesses, businesses that have been grappling with an array of different restrictions since March. It's interesting to highlight businesses such as Skinco and K-Pointer are some of the hardest hit. They will not be able to reopen until the last step. That's another step after the third, which is not expected until sometime after November 23rd. It's not straightforward by any means, so I suggest that you visit vic.gov.au to see the full roadmap and the steps it includes. There you can understand the exact details you're after. And if you've got a headache after that, don't worry. You're not the only one. Moving away from today's announcement now, but staying with businesses, many business owners and employees attended a mindfulness webinar on Wednesday night thanks to the Greater Ararat Business Network and Resilient Ararat, an opportunity that came at perfect timing. GAB Network President Maria Whitford spoke with me before Wednesday's session. 
Well, we think it's a really important part of the process of not only lockdown, but reopening. And I think it's a timely event, given that Premier Daniel Andrews will be talking on Sunday about opening up um, some and Regent Victoria being very different to Metro Melbourne. I think that's really important. Look, everyone's frustrated and everyone's doing it tough. I know that's, that's a word that we banter around a lot. Everyone's doing it tough. But I really do believe that there are some groups of people that are doing it a little bit harder than others, um, not only financially, but mentally. Uh, yeah, that's a good point to make. I suppose the announcement on Sunday, do you think that'll cause some anxiety amongst local business owners about what the next step's going to be? No, mate, I'm full of hope. I think it's going to be exciting and I think we'll all be great. And I think this session tonight will also point out some really good tips to assist our small business network on how to come out uh, mentally stronger and um, cope with the new changes because everybody hates change. But uh, I think that we need to stick together, stronger together, uh, and get through this new phase of new COVID normal um, together. And I think tonight's session will provide that. Is that positivity that you're expressing, the morale amongst all local business owners at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, the ones that I speak to are certainly positive and keen to get going again. And um, look, some people have a flatter look on their face, if you like, than others, but I'm trying to provide a bit of hope and a bit of positivity that we are a great little vibrant town and, and we need to stick together and we are stronger together and I just keep trying to provide hope and positivity rather than the negative aspects of this uh, pandemic. For almost a century, Legacy has kept a promise to thousands of veterans' families to provide financial and social support for those in their care during times of hardship and grief. The Legacy Week badge appeal is Ararat Legacy's principal fundraising activity, but the smiling faces of Ararat's legatees were absent from local streets this year. Legacy badge chairman Kevin Bowles is on the line. Mr Bowles, what impact did COVID-19 have on this year's event? It has forced us, and not just Ararat, but the whole state and most of Australia, into a new way of thinking on how to fundraise. Within Ararat Legacy, which also encompasses the stall, Ballora, Avoca. So what we have done, we've in all of the little towns and plus in Ararat, we've got a number of businesses that were willing to have us put a tin in there, so just a collection tin, so they can make donations directly to that. Um, in some of those locations, and including here at Ararat College, we are actually selling um, pens and key rings. Also, Legacy Australia have set up a website where you can actually go online at legacyshop.com.au and you can actually purchase merchandise from there as well. And when you actually do that, a part of the um, transaction is that you have to enter your postcode and by entering your postcode, that identifies the area for where the funds will come back to. It's a shame that we aren't out there like because it's a really good opportunity for legacy in general to go out and just promote themselves during that week. But yeah, we've we've decided that we'll still try and promote ourselves a little bit differently by still having a presence. And so that yeah, that is what we've done. How important is the fundraising that occurs during Legacy Badge Week? Well, all of the money that we gain or take in during Legacy Badge Week goes wholly and solely to support our widows um, in a number of ways. Like Ararat Legacy currently has 110 widows throughout the, our area. And just for one example of what we do every year, 
or every independent living widow, so those that are still living at home and are being able to look after themselves, we give them a, um, a one-off, once-a-year, $200 energy subsidy. I think this year we had approximately 70 widows that are still living independently. So that it's just, and that money comes out of welfare, which a lot of it comes from our fundraising, like uh, The dollar is very tight out there at the moment as well. Um, you know, everybody's doing it tough. We just appreciate whatever we can do and whatever support we can get. If you're wanting to donate, tins can be found at One Office National, Foster's Men's Land, Growmaster Grampians, Ararat Physiotherapy and Ararat College or online at legacy.com.au. You are the story. If you have an issue or event, get in contact. You, the listener, are the heart of Ararat's Latest. So send me a message or email ararat'slatest at gmail.com if you have a news tip or an issue you want explored. Together we can get the answers, shine a light on local achievements and ensure everyone stays informed with what matters in our community. Outdoor markets have been given the green light to proceed during Stage 3 and Stage 4 restrictions, but RAP market organisers are sticking by their plan to put community health first. Organiser Debbie Warrior said they have been following advice from Council to ensure the health of the community. It's really hard. We really want it, but the same thing, we don't want to bring it into the community, you know, bring anything into the community. So it's just so hard to control because we get a lot of travellers come by on that highway. And um, even though they're not supposed to be, they are still around. So at the moment, if you were to hold the market, because you can, the, the rules say you can, what restrictions would you have to abide by? Uh, we would still have to monitor how many are coming through. We'd have to have the social distancing at the front of the stalls and we'd have to limit the number of stalls. And we'd also want to have the backing of the council because, you know, the outside part they let us have towards the charity. So we get that area for free, really. It's only really the hall that we pay for. So we don't want to go upset in council going against what they suggest. Miss Warrior said the organisers don't have the manpower either to monitor the amount of attendees and ensure restrictions are being followed whilst manning their own stalls. Health organisations have launched a COVID-19 community health survey to gauge changes within the region. The Grampians Pyrenees Integrated Health Promotion and Prevention Network is comprised of health promotion workers from organisations across the Grampians Pyrenees catchment, and they're interested in the changes to health and lifestyle that have occurred throughout isolation. East Grampians Health Service Health Promotion Officer Kelsey Waite joins me. Kelsey, what are you hoping to gain from this survey? Yeah, we're wanting to conduct this survey to really capture what's going on for people in the present moment and how what's been going on with obviously COVID-19 restrictions and us going in and out of different lockdown phases, how that has affected our community so it can better help us. So the IHP group and, you know, local organisations and the council and you know, that greater collective of our art, how can we work to serve our community better right now and moving forward? So the questions will ask everything from, um, you know, what are some of the healthy changes you might have made and how can we support that moving forward? What are some of the less healthy behaviours that you've noticed might have crept in and getting a real gauge on what people are feeling, what they're noticing with themselves and the broader community as well. So hoping it will give us 
some really good information to help tailor our future movements in terms of health promotion to the community. Is the network concerned at all about the health of the Grampians Pyrenees communities at the moment? I think mental health is a really big concern, probably worldwide, let alone, you know, statewide, region-wide. Um, just because of the uncertainty and the limitations around being able to see people socially, being involved in um, their regular community activities, whether that be um, sport or art or whatever it is, people are really lacking that social connection and we know how that in turn um, can be really detrimental to mental health. So I think that's a really big focus for us. But also, you know, encouraging those really healthy behaviours that we are noticing people are doing. We're noticing that people are more physically active um, just by looking around and you see how many people are out and about walking um, or doing, you know, hearing about online yoga classes and those online platforms that people are using to be physically active. So I think that's a real positive. But, yeah, I think the mental health side of things is a real struggle everywhere and it's something that we're keen to support as much as possible. Who are you aiming the survey at? Do you want to get a a range of um, people responding to this survey? We would love to get a really broad range of people. Um, And I think that's why we're trying to get it across as many avenues as possible. Unfortunately, we can't go door knocking and dropping off hard copy surveys to everyone. But, um, you know, that would be great to get a really good broad range of people. But online really has to be the way to go at the moment. And we're aware that that means we may not be accessing the whole community. So hopefully by getting it into the newspaper, thank you very much, Jack, and getting it out through different newsletters and email lists and different community groups, we will capture a really broad range um, of ages and backgrounds and views and that'll help to give us a really good broad overview of what does our community need. Working from home has given Ararat's newest residents the ability to ditch their city lifestyle for a more affordable country option. Melissa and Travis Morrison arrived in Ararat last week, leaving their home in Melbourne and relocating to Ararat with their two young girls. Uh, affordability is probably the highest priority. Dad, just being able to have a big enough house with the backyard for the same amount as you buy a townhouse where we were. We were looking at quite a few different areas, but we kept coming back to Ararat, mostly because friends of friends. The family began scouting possible properties when Melbourne was in Stage 3, finding their ideal home in Ararat with little difficulty. The Morrisons' move has been assisted by a change in attitude from some employers who now consider working from home as a feasible option. I think they understand that he can definitely handle the workload from home and even more because he's more comfortable, I think, at home. When my husband mentioned that he was moving at work, the word got around and said how much they would like to do the same thing. But maybe just not now. I think they're all putting off until all of the uh, coronavirus situation's over. The transition from city life to country life for Melissa has been a little more difficult. She's transferred to Spotlight in Ballarat, which is still a commute, but one she's willing to bear in the short term. Her two girls are beginning school at Ararat West Primary School and Ararat College, and the whole family is looking forward to exploring the district once Stage 3 restrictions have eased.
Coming up, another blow to the performing arts. The much-loved end-of-year theatre restaurant is cancelled. Local performers are struggling without their social outlets. This week's Your Say poll question was, will you consider working from home as an option after the pandemic? Facebook isn't allowing polls at the moment, so the results came from 67 people who had their say on Instagram. It was almost 50-50. 52% said yes, they will consider working from home as an option, and 48% said they would not. It's clear, obviously, that many r employers can't operate with workers from home, which would have, would have of course, contributed to that number. Ararat Theatre Company has cancelled its end-of-year theatre restaurant, the latest cancellation in a long list of annual performances. The announcement comes after the one-act play festival was cancelled earlier in the year and Ararat Musical Comedy Society postponed its production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to 2021. Company President Andrew Evans said there really was no other alternative. You know, we held out for a long time hoping that, uh, you know, with the restrictions and everything that it would, um, you know, that we'd get time to do it, you know, in a situation where we could do it. But, you know, the reality is um, the stage four will be lifted to stage three. And, you know, if you're not if you're not actually working on it by now, um, chances of you putting on a good end of year show are pretty uh, getting towards slim, as you well know. We're better off putting it off till next year when we can run a good show. The, the end of year show is, is is a lot of fun, you know, and, and if, not only for the people that are in it, but the people who come along. And we always get a good audience, and uh, you know, it, it's it's just a fun thing to do. And of course, you know, people locked away in their homes. You know, the last thing they uh, the last thing they need is to is to not be able to look forward to something like that. You know, that's mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Well, you would know, as a lot of a lot of the young ones particularly who don't go in other stuff. This is their this is their one show they go in, and that's a it's a real highlight. It has been a tough year for the arts. There's been no uh, musical comedy society production this year. You you no. how how are members going? They're not having that outlet to perform. They're not having that social element of life. I suppose. How are they doing? <laughs> not so good. Would be my would be my overall uh, suggestion. Mm. Um, you know. It, it, it becomes it becomes a tradition. It becomes something that that people do every year, and they come back and they they see the same faces, even if they're not part of their normal social network. Although they they often become part of their social network, but even if they're not part of their social network, it's oh here you go, you know, and and you're back in for another you know so many months of the, um, of being close family for for want of a better term, and then you know you go away for. for six or seven or eight months and then you're back again and oh you know and back into it and and it's uh, not having that it means that a whole range of your extended family uh, are not available to you and and that's uh, you know that's not really nice from a social perspective and uh, particularly those who who don't cope well without a social outlet if you're in uh, if you're in musical comedy or you're in the end of year show it's not terribly likely that you're introverted the company was planning to perform the sequel to Caravans, which they staged last year. Caravans, the trailer, includes the same characters from the original and is set in a caravan park a year after the first storyline. The script is written by locals John Mawson and Rob Smith, and both were planning to direct this year for the last time. Quite frankly, it was going to be my last my swan song. <laughs> so, yeah, it was going to be the last one we did uh, as a director, so... So what's the um, what's the plan now then? Is that, is that going to be next uh, year? I don't know. That's up to the committee. Um, yeah, that, that's up to them.
East Grampians Health Services thank the generous local businesses who have donated gifts for their staff out of appreciation for the vital work they're undertaking. The organisation has received vouchers from Skinco for special pampering sessions which were randomly handed out to five of their staff. Skinco owner Sarah Holland said it was a small gesture her business could offer to the locals protecting community health. Our nurses and the staff up at the hospital, they've been on the front line for the past six months, even a little bit longer now. And I just cannot begin to imagine the tension and the stress that they've had just the littlest things that sometimes can mean the world to people and us giving away some vouchers really is nothing in hindsight for what they've been doing for our community. Your business has been forced to close with stage three restrictions but yet you're still spreading this kindness and having this empathy for the staff up there at the hospital. How are you and your staff maintaining that positive attitude? Yeah we have had to close down Jack but at the same time um you know, you've, you've got to show that in your staff as well, that it's the kind gestures that give so much back. If we spread empathy and, um, yeah, just kindness in general, it comes back tenfold and it makes us feel so good on the inside and that's invaluable. Our Rats Bendigo Bank branch has also donated $100 to Pyrenees Cafe at East Grampians Health Service, providing coffees for their staff in the acute services. The bank has been raising money for community organisations since 2013 by selling bundles of chocolate at their counter. Branch manager Andrea Gray said they decided to shout essential workers a coffee in their latest round of donations to thank them for their work they're undertaking. Yeah, it's purely a staff initiative um, and it's just our little bit sort of basically to to give back to the community in in the easiest, best way we can. They have also donated $90 to the Arup Medical Centre for coffees, $90 to the paramedics and $100 to the police. East Grampians Health Chief Executive Andrew Freeman said the kind donations from Bendigo Bank, Skinco and others have boosted the morale within the service. He thanked everyone for their support, generosity and kindness and said staff are fortunate to be living and working in such a community. I spoke to Sarah there from Skinco this afternoon after today's announcement and the, that positivity you heard at the start of that story from her has definitely shifted. Now that brings me to the end of this week's show, the 20th episode of Our Arts Latest. Thank you to everyone who tunes in show after show. It does mean a lot. If you're listening on one of the many podcasting apps, feel free to leave a, a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have a story, please do get in touch. I'll see you in a fortnight. Stay safe. This was Arats Latest. Mm-hmm.